0: Welcome to an all new episode of GVN review. Uh, This episode, we will be breaking down episode six of the boys titled The Bloody Doors Off. Um, Very apropos title. Um, I am your host, Juwan, joined as always by the amazing Tia. What's going on, Tia?
1: Hello everyone. I am super pumped to be talking about this episode of The Boys. I will admit, John. Last week we talked about episode five. I liked episode five, but I liked episode six so much better.
0: Yeah, it's tough for me. I I, I love both of them. Um, I rewatched six uh, before we um, started shooting this, um, so it just like rehyped me. But I could easily watch episode five. I think these two are my favorite of the season so far um But yeah, no, this episode six was amazing. um I immediately text you, I think, I don't think, because I saw I had midnight Thursday. So I think I text you later that day and I was like, let me know when you see
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> you texted me on Friday saying, oh my God, let me know. And I had a lot going on on Friday. I actually started the episode and then halfway through i had to like you know pause it do all these other things so i think it wasn't until like three hours later i got a chance to finally finish it and that's when i was like okay john yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) we were on the same page about loving this episode um so without further ado let us get right into it um and the episode starts off with us getting a little bit of a backstory on Frenchie's life which um if episode if episode six is um you know part of what will be a more um extensive look into Frenchie's life going forward I'm all for it um he looks like he's been through a lot um But (laughs) I do love Frenchie's love for Golden Girls. I also love the Golden Girls. Um, It's just one of the greatest television shows ever created. Um, And I kind of wanted to um, space this out a little bit, but what were your thoughts on seeing a little bit into the life of Frenchie before we came to know him?
1: I was very excited because prior to watching the episode, Kanan had messaged me saying oh, we find out more about Stormfront, which we will obviously talk about later on this review but I was not prepared for the background of Frenchie. I would say that this episode completely goes to Frenchie, which I'm more than okay with. Frenchie was one of my favorite characters in in season one. He remains as one of my favorite characters in season two. There's just so much to him. right you have this guy who is not jaded in a way not like billy butcher but he's realistic he's seen some shit he's killed his fair amount of people he knows the reality of what the world is but he feels so much he feels just so much um and it was interesting this beginning um getting to know him obviously getting to know his love of golden girls his little crew that he hung around with before say current times and what really stood out to me was when he said that um he had been turning tricks and i was like wow like frenchie lived a pretty difficult life and I think that what we find out later on about one of his friends is why he is so desperate to save Kamiko. like to
0: save her soul yeah I, I think what he sees in her is what happens when um you've just killed so many people it's just that part of you doesn't get bothered by it anymore um, and that's what he kept trying to tell her. Like I don't want you to become a monster um, And ultimately I, I, I do believe that's what Frenchie Believes himself and especially Billy To be mother's milk is kind of More so of like it does bother Him a lot um, yes. like if He could avoid killing he would much Rather do that Billy will Blow your head off and Frenchie Will do whatever he needs to do um, I don't think it bothers Frenchie and Billy as much As it does um Uh, As much as it does Mother's Milk But no, I I thought this was a really good look I thought it was really funny Um, But also a a little heartbreaking To kind of see that, you know The road wasn't as easy for Frenchie As it might have been for Mother's Milk And the others
1: Um, I think that it was very heartbreaking I think with Frenchie that He truly doesn't believe that He himself deserves Any sort of love Or Um you know, forgiveness, he says that later in the episode, again, we'll get into it, but when Mother's Milk essentially says like, you know, we could have forgiven you or something like that. And he's like, what makes you think I wanted to be forgiven? And him just carrying that. I think the difference between him and Billy is Billy thinks that he can still have that with Becca. And I think Frenchie knows that the two of them They've crossed the line, and they'll never go back.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is Frenchie believes you don't do what they've done in life without it um, coming with some kind of consequence. And usually the consequence is having a normal life. Um, Billy kind of believes, Nah, you know, I did it with, I, I, I believe that Billy does believe that he's done everything he's done for the greater good of the country. Um, So at the end of the day He's done his duty So it's not like he's just out Just randomly killing people Um, He's trying to make the world A soup-free, better place Um, But Frenchie kind of sees through that As like, you can't do what we do And be able to rest comfortably at night It's supposed to keep you up It's supposed to bother you Um, You're supposed to lose a part of you Um, So I think Frenchie is the more realistic Of the two of them um about well, how because
1: and i'm sorry i interrupt i think it's because billy didn't do any of this prior to what happened between homelander and becca um frenchie has done this for years prior to that so uh, frenchie has had a much longer time of having to deal with this than billy has
0: yeah no that's that's very fair that's very fair Speaking of Frenchie, I think we can um, head into our next our next part of the episode. Um, we do see Frenchie removing, very dangerously removing the chip from Starlight. Um, I I will say, part of me was kind of like, and as soon as I said, I was like, ah, oh, damn, I shouldn't have said that. As he was beginning to cut into her, I was like, oh man, like there's no blood, like that's really weird and then like blood just like, I was like ah there we go okay um i thought this was very bold um i'm pretty sure because this episode this episode's focus was everywhere else we'll see in the in the next episode the repercussions of her removing her chip uh, cuz at some point i think they're going to probably sit in black noir um to go find her uh, that seems to be their <laughs> their um go find them person. Um so I assume at some point he'll he'll either be tasked to look for her or who knows, maybe um the new love pairing of Stormfront and Homelander. Maybe they decide, hey, we need to find her. And if we find her, let's kill her. Um who knows? But I do know her removing this chip. This is not the last we'll hear about this. But Tia, walk me through your thoughts on how honestly dangerous and risky it was for her to remove her chip.
1: Well, first I'll say that I think we already saw the groundwork of how this is going to play into the next couple of episodes because, and I forget her name every single time, the one who essentially took over for Madeline Stillwell. Um, the girl who freaks out every two seconds, she was pretty much spent the entire episode going, where's Starlight? So I think that that's going to really play in when once us, I saw someone online refer to them as Stormlander, Uh, and I think you had did this last week as well. So, um, (laughs) yeah, you did, you did. Uh, so as soon as Stormlander stops spending all their time screwing each other, maybe they'll finally realize that one of the seven is missing. But, um, you know, at first when they were doing it, I thought that it made sense that there was that little small pause before the blood splattered because she is powerful and Being a soup has obviously, for many of them, given them this sort of obviously superhuman strength. So it would make sense that her skin isn't as easily penetrable as, say, a regular person. So I did like that little detail. But, I mean, Starlight is going bold she is at this point, she does not care that people know that she is not on their side before. I think starlight was okay with put, not okay with, but accepting that she was going to put on pretty much like the rabbit suit and, you know, smile and grin or whatever when she needed to at this point, this is her saying like, no, I'm all in now.
0: Yeah. There's no turning back in her mind. Um, you know, Stormfront already knows pretty much or assumes that she leaked about compound V. Mm -hmm. Um, So at this point, it's kind of just like I've already dipped my toe in. Now I might as well just jump straight into the fire Um, because there is no going back. If I go back to them and they tell them that I leaked it, what's from stopping, you know, what's stopping them from killing me? So she kind of just figures if I can double down and stop them before they can stop me, you know, It'll work out that way. But um, the person you're referring to, her name is Ashley.
1: I'm going to forget that by next week when we do this show. (laughs) She's just one of, and no disrespect to the actress at all. Um, She was in the first season of Jessica Jones. Actually, both she and Starlight we're in the first season of Jessica Jones, so there you go. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know why I can't remember her name.
0: <laughs> Definitely got superhero blood in their veins, so I like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, this is this is very bold of them. But speaking of bold, um, this will always bother me. This has always bothered me about superhero shows. They even did this in the comics. I don't like like when you see like danger erupts in like town. And, like, you see Clark Kent run into, like, an alley. And there happens to just be literally no one in that alley to see him turn into Superman. Um, I've always hated that. I'm like, you go into an alley now. There's, like, some homeless person buried under, like, a newspaper or something. (laughs) There's someone in that alley. Yet, in New York, Peter Parker goes to (laughs) a (laughs) alleyway every day to change into Spider-Man. And I'm like, no one has ever seen this guy but anyway, I brought that up to bring up, um, we see the the new love of Stormfront and Homelander uh, as they see a bank robber in an alley, they stop him, and they proceed to have, um, how do we say this, PG? <laughs> um, I don't even know how to explain it, but <laughs> they all... Homefront uh home goodness gracious
1: home front. <laughs> home front, stormlander it's it's all good
0: man. <laughs> I hate I hate these two loving each other and I think I do crazy. too. <laughs> um but no we see Homelander you know being aroused by Stormfront cave the 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 um the bank robbers face it.
1: Oof, um, I know.
0: I was just like, man, could you picture if like you rob a bank, right? Like ultimately you rob a bank, you know, the police catch you, you go to jail for like 20, 30 years. Could you picture if like the cops were like, hey, you know how you robbed that bank? You're not going to jail today. It's like, all right, sweet. It's like, no, instead Homelander's gonna like cave your face. (laughs) 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 No, I'll take take the jail. Um, But Tia, walk me through that very disturbing on so many levels, uh, scene between Stormfront and Homelander.
1: You know, honestly, It wasn't even Homelander caving that guy's face in that was disturbing. Because at at this point, we're used to that, right? We saw in the first season that one guy that Homelander and Maeve were up against, he literally ripped the guy's heart out of his chest, right? As opposed to letting the cops take care of it. The disturbing point was that Homelander and Stormfront were being aroused by the whole thing. Um, it's like, ah, oh, you two really are just made for each other. And it's really disturbing, like worst couple of the year award. Um, so I think to me, the disturbing point is like, okay, can you imagine this, right? Put yourself in this position. It's a horrible position to be put in, right? But pretend you're that bank robber and you have the world's strongest superhero with his hand on your face, crushing it. Um, as he and his lady lover are g- almost about to get it on right in front of you and right in front of your dead corpse at that point it's like oh come on really like I know I robbed a bank and you do deserve to spend jail time but you don't deserve that you don't deserve any of that
0: <laughs> no that's that's maybe top five or maybe top one worst ways to go <laughs> Don't be, like, pleasing the guy that's about to kill me. Like, I don't want to watch that. Or if you're going to do it, just kill me faster.
1: <laughs> right? Like, God, that's the last thing I see? Oh, come on. like,
0: oh, like goodness gracious. But, yes, very uncomfortable situation to be put in uh, if you're the bank robber. <laughs> um, but this goes to what we will see uh, play out um, later on in the episode. But uh, we we did think it was, and it still could be, but we did originally think that this was just Stormfront um, using Homelander. Uh, this does seem very genuine on both sides. Um, we know it's what Homelander needs. He always needs that mother figure, um, someone to kind of baby him and take care of him. Um, and I don't know. Maybe this is love for, for Stormfront. Um, we'll get into that a lot more later, but – this is very disturbing, uh, 100% disturbing, and yeah, let's just move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we move to our next scene, which, by the way, let me point this. It's a little off topic, but the more I watch Billy, Tia, the mm-hmm. more I'm kind of like, he's the perfect replacement for Johnny Depp's um, character in Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: Oh, Jack Sparrow?
0: Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not saying he should be the next Jack Sparrow. Just have a Pirates of the Caribbean series about Carl Urban's character that's also a pirate. Uh,
1: I can see that the way he moves is that sort of same drunken, flamboyant swagger that Jack Sparrow had in the Pirates of the Caribbean. I could definitely see it. You know, put some black eyeliner on him, get some braids in that hair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) as, As I was watching his interaction with this next scene we're getting in, Um, where they were coming up with the plan to go to this loony bin or the what they thought was a loony bin um I'm just watching his mannerisms and I'm like this guy would be perfect like if you wanted to continue Jack Sparrow but without maybe having him there I'm like I wouldn't hate it I know the world would I would not hate this
1: I don't think that the world would hate it Because you have to remember, right? And we won't get into this Because that's uh, real life news But, you know, Johnny Depp isn't on everyone's Good list right now, right? Um, So I think that having someone like Carl Urban, who is you know, getting immensely popular with all of this, I mean, he's been, think about it, he's been in several, like, big franchises. He was in Star Trek. He was uh, Judge Dredd. He's now in The Boys. I think that he would actually be really good to bring into that, because he is well-known enough, but also not as well-known to maybe, like, like my mom wouldn't know who the hell Carl
0: Urban is, right? Yeah.
1: And... He has the perfect accent to fit in to that world.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I, but to be fair, Tia, me and you are more biased than any. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so I have to make sure that that's, that's being noted, that we are just huge Carl Urban stand. Um, But let's get into the scene. Um, we see Huey bring Starlight back to home base of the boys, which is pretty much just a drug dealer's den um, <laughs> uh, in someone's basement somewhere. Um, I want to get right to the point of thinking Billy would flip out having her there. Um, you know, Huey explaining the chip is out, relax. She, you know, she's you know she's no danger to us, and Billy kind of going no. I'm glad she's here uh, because if the soups come looking to kill us, we're going to serve her up. Um, (laughs) That'll be our escape plan. Um, And I just loved like how he said it, like, no, 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 I'm completely okay with her being here because she could be what gets us out of a very sticky situation, which ultimately we'll get to. She kind of does. But uh, Tia, your thoughts on Billy being okay with Starlight um, not only accompanying them, but um, seeing where their, their hideout is and being okay with, if need be, using her as a pawn.
1: I mean, you had to kind of think that Billy's motivation there was purely coming from that standpoint. Because as you said, you think that he would be like, Huey, how dare you? And so he's like, no, no. Because to him, he only see, at least at this point, he only sees Starlight as cannon fodder great let her come she's a traitor to her own kind and she will be more of a target than we will and and she'll give us the opportunity to run away i think billy after not only after Becca rejecting him, but after kind of getting his second wind in episode 5. Because we talked about how he essentially had a death wish, and it seemed as if he was kind of rejuvenated towards the end of episode 5. So I think now that he's gotten his second wind, essentially, he's um, he's not viewing things maybe as he would have beforehand whereas he'd be so insulted and you know ask you what the hell he was thinking it's like no no we we gotta play the hand that we're dealt with so starlight's here great we're gonna use it
0: yeah i really do think billy at this point is taking more risks than he usually would before um because he may kind of feel like there's what else do i have Um, so he's like, if, if anything, I'm going to make sure I take these soups down with me. Um, so if that means, you know, doing some unconventional stuff, let's get unconventional. Um, speaking of unconventional, we see the deep visits, Queen Maeve. Queen Maeve was not happy that he didn't call first. (laughs) Um, (laughs) don't Don't just be dropping in. Did anyone see you? Okay. All right. Um, But we do see, we don't have to get into what he gave Queen Maeve Because we'll get into that a little later But um, your thoughts on seeing uh, Queen Maeve's interaction with the Deep Um, And my main question to you is Do you think Queen Maeve likes the Deep Or was she just kind of using him uh, to get what she needed?
1: Oh god, Queen Maeve does not like the Deep at all Because you have to think of it this way, right? We saw the Deep have that interaction with Starlight in the beginning of the first season, right? Um, And then, obviously, they kind of alluded to the fact that he's done that with other women before. Now, I'm not saying that he's done that to Queen Maeve, but I'm saying that she's probably dealt with his, like, douchebaggery for years. And so to her, she's like, you're so gross. I literally want nothing to do with you, but you're also, like, weak as fuck and i'm sorry for using that i know we want to keep that pg Uh, (laughs) close your ears kids uh she also knows that he is very um he's very malleable right so she could take advantage of that i do not think that maeve likes the deep at all not in the slightest bit she just is using him
0: yeah, it, it kind of felt like that. Uh, only reason I asked that is because her her tone with him, you know, because I mean, she could have strong armeded him, strong armed him to get what she wanted, but she kind of took the route of a more friendlier route. Um, so that's kind of why I asked. But no, I mean, I completely agree with you. Um, I really don't think anyone's in a rush for him to join the deep, uh, not the deep. I'm sorry, uh, the seven. Like at any point, um, I think those days for them are, are well gone. Um, But we do see him bring Queen Maeve something that would be very vital to Queen Maeve's plans going forward. But all right, let's move on. Um, We see that the boys infiltrate um, the Institute that they go to. um, And they get an inside look at what Stormfront and our new character, Lamplighter, has been up to. But before we get to that, I want to ask you about a scene, Tia. That I immediately wanted to text you when I saw that. Like at midnight, it was when Billy had starlight in his sights, the yes, rifle, and he just thought of so many ways of how he could pull that trigger and call it an accident. Um, what was going through your mind when you saw that?
1: Oh, uh, to me, it was like so. You know, we just talked about how before Billy. Um, you know we were surprised of how he reacted to starlight being in their bunker right and i'm like that's because billy always has a plan of what he's gonna how he's gonna act right so maybe in that one scene he didn't seem entirely like billy but that scene where he had um starlight in the scope of his gun i was like yep there's billy there's the billy that we know um it just goes to show you that he still does not trust soups. And I also think to a degree that he sits there and thinks, at least at this point, that um, things would be better if Starlight was done. You know, if she was gone. Sorry, not done. Um, because he, I think, because you have Huey, right? And we'll talk about this at one point. And I really think like the two major figures, obviously in his life are Billy and Starlight. And they're both, Influences right And Billy only wants to be the only Influence to Huey He doesn't want Starlight there as an influence Because he knows that if Then Bill, Huey will always then Fight Billy on this
0: Yeah I think the biggest pro- <clears throat> Excuse me I think the biggest problem is Billy only Sought out Huey because he thought His rage um, Would be useful Problem is Huey is now fallen in love with The soup so his ideology on soups has now gone from I want them all dead to they're not all that bad. And I think Billy is still trying to get, get, get through his head that not every soup is Homelander. Um, and that's very tough for him. So I think his biggest, uh, you know, push and pull is that you're falling in love with the enemy. And I think Huey's biggest thing to Billy is they're not all our enemy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, not all of them are Homelander. Um, And, you know, we kind of saw Huey. I I would be interested to see if this show plays out a scenario where Huey has an opportunity to kill A-Train. Does he take it? Um, Or has enough time passed for him to kind of forgive. Not forget, because he lost the love of his life. But forgive what happened. Uh, because if he can do that, I think we'll see um, Huey try his best to get Billy to not forgive Homelander, but to forgive and, and let go of it and not well, move forward with, um, with his life.
1: Well, I think that this episode was really important to show that like you don't fight every battle with your fists, right? right. Sometimes the better thing is to Okay, this is going to sound really cheesy, but what's that old, like, saying, like, if you go down the path of revenge, build two graves, you know, dig two graves, like, you know, at some point, you are going to have to come to peace with it. It's where you see some people who literally forgive someone who, you know, murdered their child or something like that. It's like, you have to come there, you have to forgive. And I'm not saying that Billy is going to forgive Homelander. I think what this whole thing with him and Starlight in this episode is allowing Billy to see that not all, just like not all people are bad, right? Not all soups are bad. And I think that's going to help him if he wants to pursue a relationship again with Becca to accepting Becca's son.
0: Right. Um, It's going to be tough because it's such a different scenario because, you know, the more the more her son grows up, the more he'll look like homelander, the more that's a reminder. Um, so then it becomes, let's say if you do become a stepdad and you have to punish him, how do you then separate your anger for the situation from your anger with Homelander and how much he looks like homelander? Um, so I mean I think that's just what Rebecca's trying to say like, I, I don't think you can ever escape that. Um, And all the letting go in the world um, won't stop from when this kid gets angry and maybe like pushes his mom too hard. Like, does that rub Billy the wrong way? You know, so it's like it's just a really tough situation that um, God bless Billy if he can if he can overcome it and, you know, and everything's fine. But um, I would imagine if I'm looking at the person that did that to the woman, to my wife um, and there's now a kid, and that kid grows up to look like that guy. Um, part of me will always resent that, I would assume. Um, so, I mean, this is a, a long journey for Billy, for sure, and you're absolutely right. Today, uh, th- this episode, sorry, not today, this episode was the first step and hopefully uh, a full uh, you know, slate of steps that Billy overcomes to be able to get back to normal. But um, but speaking of them being in the institute and seeing what uh, Stormfront and our new character Lamplighter have been yeah. up under- um, what was you, what were your thoughts, Tia? And not only seeing what they were doing with their experiments, but Frenchie's reaction to seeing lamp—excuse me—seeing Lamplighter. Uh, first, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't we get a
1: tease of Lamplighter in the first season in the fact that he was formerly a part of the seven and i believe that we did know that he was the one who killed mallory's kids right i do believe so
0: i do believe so yeah
1: okay uh first of all i was super pumped to meet lamplighter uh we could talk about it later but i think that sean ashmore did a fantastic job in that role um i certainly want to see more of him but the facility was pretty crazy. It reminded me a little of... I'm always going to think this whenever like a show or movie does something akin to this, but it reminded me a little of, say, Logan. You know, all the kids in the facility that were being experimented on. That's but...
0: Different.
1: Yeah. Uh, I thought this was really cool because their powers... And Again, I know... I keep saying this. We'll talk about Cindy's powers, especially. I thought it was really cool, but also um it was dark right it was so dark like that's the thing that is like between season one and season two yes season one showed you how messed up um you know this the soups are but i really feel like it was more at face value whereas season two is like man shit is messed up behind
0: the scenes no i'm completely with you and what's funny about Sean, who plays Lamplighter. It's Sean, right? Sean, yeah. What's funny about him is, and I just, I couldn't stop laughing seeing how his powers work, was he came from a franchise where his sworn enemy um, <laughs> had the same exact power set that he's using with Lamplighter. Um, I, all I could think of was X-Men 2 United. And oh, yeah. How, um, and how he had powers of ice. Um, and his sworn enemy had powers of fire. And how did he use his fire? He carried around a lighter, ignited it, and that's how he would use it. So seeing him now do the same exact thing, I was like, that's serendipity if I've ever seen it. <laughs> but I-, I loved it. I mean, I- I, to me, I love fire abilities that can be concealed to something that small. Um, to where it's like you only need a brush of fire, Right. Um, and then you could spark something, um, but I, I love what he's doing with his character. It's really crazy how Stormfront was like, "Oh, you want you want to talk to your sister? Okay." And then kind of gives like Lamplighter like a look, and then oh like, like, yeah, oh. Um, that's when Frenchy was like, "Holy shit, that's Lamplighter! Like that's Lamplighter!" Um, you know, I didn't recognize him without his mask and like his torch thing or whatever. Um, <laughs> So I love that, Um, but we can get into, and I'm glad you mentioned her by name, because I wrote her name down so I wouldn't forget, but it's my new favorite character. I'm loving me some Cindy. Love her. (laughs) I'm loving me some Cindy, aka 11 Ripoff. but I'm loving (laughs) Oh yeah, that's so true. (laughs) (laughs) I am loving everything about Cindy. Um, I even just like the dialogue from Cindy, to where it was like... You're wearing the clothes of, like, his friends. I don't really like liars. Um, And I'm like, all right, Cindy, I'm going to love you. (laughs) You don't know this, but I'm going to love you so much. Um, And my concern was like, oh, man, they're just going to kind of, like, throw her away. But we'll get to Cindy more towards the end of this episode. Um, But, wow, Tia, uh, before we go into the actual – what did I – I classified it as something. Before we go into the actual prison break, um, what were your first thoughts on seeing Cindy?
1: Oh, yeah, no, I, well, first of all, my first thoughts were, oh, my God, she's the one who killed that government lady. Remember, we still haven't, yeah. like, they still didn't touch upon that. It's like, oh, her her head exploded, and it's like, Cindy can make people's heads explode. That was so cool, okay? That was, like, the do i know i'm gonna sound so dumb saying this but the dopest freaking entrance okay when uh you know lamplier's having his like battle and her freaking door gets like blown off and she just slowly like comes out from the rubble and the fact that she was able to pull like every single door off like she's so cool man she's so cool like i love her
0: I'm a huge, huge fan of Cindy now. Um, So I ask you, your thoughts of the prison break and seeing everybody break out.
1: Sure, of course. Um, I did want to say really quickly is that I liked finding out uh what they were doing because at first she thought that they were making soup terrorists that was in the trailer for this episode but in fact they reveal that they are experimenting on giving compound v to adults because it has been previously you know discussed that compound v is given to children they're more um accepting of it when you give it to an adult it could either make them sick or they can just blow up pretty much so this is uh, more so an experiment to see can they give this compound V to adults and everyone be be good. So there's that. The prison break was awesome. I mean, the thing about the boys is that we see it, and I think you've talked about it before, right? Um, or I, I was hearing this somewhere that a lot of times when you have the DC or the Marvel movies, they kind of uh, they kind of lower each character's say strength to make it more grounded in the actual movie but in the boys it's like they're all so powerful that you're like fact like how can anyone who doesn't have powers go against these guys um i love the scene of frenchie like so confident in his freaking uh bomb making skills and Cindy just like <laughs> like crunching it. But I know that's like kinda in at the in, end of the prison break, but I did love it. There's so much to unpack there. Uh first of all, while the prisoners are all going crazy, killing everyone, um they have the explanation of what happened with lamp We get the I don't know if this is in your notes. I didn't look fully at all of it. I'm sorry about that. Um I don't know if you covered Lamplighter's flashback with him and his entrance. I just loved his costume, and all of them like laughing at him but uh during when they're trying to make the bomb so that they could successfully like survive this whole thing um is the flashback with Frenchie and his friends and his friends was having an overdose from being on heroin, and that's why um he couldn't take down Lamplighter despite uh, following him, and Lamplighter explains that he didn't, you know, mean to kill Mallory's children. Of course, there's nothing that can bring them back, but I think that, I think that Lamplighter is being sincere in that. I, I really do. Um, so I liked all that. I just, I enjoyed all of the emotions there. Right? I enjoyed. All of the emotions in that scene, um, the flashback of Frenchie and discovering what happened to his friend, discovering why him and uh, I think her name is like Cherie or something, uh, you know, why maybe their relationship is a little bit more distant than it was in the past. Um it gave more insight into the boys working with Mallory. And I don't know why I loved seeing like how Frenchie and MM like how excited Frenchie was when MM said that he was going to propose to his now wife, like just little things. They, they all seemed happier at that point. And then I really feel like lamplighter killing those children was the turning point in everything. But, um, before I pass back to you, the best thing and i'm going to say this now as pg as i can but the best thing was <laughs> 4mm got that guy's magic thing around his neck and and frenchie telling him going don't be so close minded
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah okay all right you know cuz to me i don't i miss things a lot right so mm-hmm. I remember the scene where, you know, they're looking at the screens and it's like, whoa, look at that guy's, like, third leg. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, when the thing comes bursting through the window, I'm thinking, like, oh, like, someone has, like, an alien arm or something like that.
1: I thought it was a tongue. I thought I, it was a tongue.
0: When I tell you I had no idea what that thing was till it started to kind of reel itself back into his pants, <laughs> I was like, what the? F- what? Like, oh, that is gross.
1: <laughs> and just goes to show you the boys like does not care it will go there <laughs>
0: not at all um yeah and that was that was <laughs> uh, but um but no i mean y- you broke down a lot i mean um Frenchie gave a lot of emotion uh, biggest thing you have to point out was the um the struggle Frenchie was having when um she called him to tell him that his friend was overdosing. They didn't know that the only reason they weren't in jail was because the deal Frenchie had taken. Um so Frenchie was trying to explain it without revealing it that I have to go do my job or you guys go back to prison. Um, so he was kind of wrestling with that and then when she was like, Leave, like, you know, who cares? Just leave us. He was like, like part of him was like, Man, I'm trying to go do this so y'all don't go to jail. Like what the hell, I'm not just leaving to go, like, because I want to go party. Uh, I
1: think, though, a lot of it, too, um, I think they said it in, like, so little words. We obviously know that Frenchie has had a sexual relationship with, I think her name is Sherry, right? I'm, I'm like, but I think that that was the same also with his friends. I think they were in this, like, polyamorous sort of, like, you know, throuple. Um, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but I think that's what it was. So it was more than just, like, a friendship thing, right? It's not like if he left, like, Billy Butcher after he, like, came back from an overdose. It's like, you know, I think that they all loved each other. And I think that's what um, really hurt because it's like he just overdosed. And then it was so sad um, Frenchie was just trying to do so much, right? He he felt so much responsibility for Mallory's kids. He felt so much responsibility for um, you know Sherry and I forgot the other guy's name. But I thought it was very sad him saying that only a few months later he died. Anyway,
0: right? He was dealing with a lot of guilt. That was one of the yeah. topics that I had here to just break down Frenchie's guilt. There was a lot of guilt to be broken down um he carries a lot and you know I think this team will help him move past it but each and every one of them carries a certain amount of guilt um that will forever be a part of them um so I mean hell I I always said it Huey broke the cardinal rule of a relationship you're never supposed to let the woman be on the curve um or near the curve um, they're supposed to be safely on the sidewalk and you're supposed to be closer to where any danger, whether it's somebody splashing water or a car coming up. You're supposed to be closest to the curb as as the guy. Um, so he broke the cardinal rule. Um, and his, uh, I, I believe it was fiance or girlfriend. Um, you know, that's guilt that I, I'm sure he'll always have of, you know, partially blaming himself for her death. Um, but yeah, everyone here we know, Tia, has a certain amount of guilt. Um, but speaking of guilt, we can go to the ultimate form of it, where, um, we see one of the escaped, um, soups breaks out, comes across, um, Starlight and Billy, and mm-hmm. is kind of like, I just want to go home. And Billy's like, yeah, like, all right, cool. No one here wants to hurt you. And he was like, nah, I don't trust that. Um, and kind of just like exerts like this burst of energy, uh, that flips the van. And, you know, we see Billy immediately shoot this kid down, which it was like, all right, Billy. Um, but immediately shoots this kid down and immediately Billy goes, oh shoot. Like Huey, Huey was in that, in the van. Let's go check on him. Uh, Huey had a pretty big shard of something shoved right into his stomach. Um, and we see Billy and Starlight argue over the fact that Starlight's power is purely based off of energy, and there was no energy near. He <laughs> was like, Well, you're pretty useless. Um, <laughs> but break down to us uh, seeing that scene and, and, and seeing how, um, and how crazy it was to kind of see Huey. Uh, Huey hurt like that.
1: Oh, yeah, it was totally crazy because Huey and I have been speaking every time that we do a recap here about how billy might die right that we are preparing for it and then i never stopped to think oh my god are they gonna like kill off huey um to me that was shocking i thought he was just gonna walk out of the van like oh okay blah blah and then as soon as you see that big ass shard in his side stomach whatever i was like oh my god and you could all of these people are such fantastic actors right because you really felt that panic you really felt that like heart palpitations like oh my god because Huey like I don't know how old Jack Quaid is but to me I'm like he's a baby it's I mean it's true what uh Frenchie calls him Petit Huey you're like oh my god like save the child here and that's how I like felt and um I think that Billy and Starlight felt that desperation but you know what's crazy is that moment was needed that moment was needed to bring um Starlight and Billy together to have them work together um I don't know if you want to get into it but I particularly loved when they were in the car after Starlight helped try to heal Huey. And Starlight tells Billy, like, no, no, don't you dare give me that quiet look of respect. I don't need it.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say I wanted us to group it in together. Um, The biggest thing that stood out to me was Starlight killing the guy. Um, Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I do want to point that out. I do believe it was accidentally. I don't think she was trying to kill him. No. Um, but her killing the guy. And then, you know, it again, us talking about a lot of these people dealing with guilt. The biggest guilt she's she's going to have to deal with going forward is she looked over in the car and saw an empty car seat, which meant he was a dad. Yeah. Uh, there was a mother with a child somewhere waiting for him to come back home. Um, and he didn't. Um, you know, so that's something I'm pretty sure she's going to have to live with, but this is a very, very, very important sequence between the three of them. Huey, obviously being unconscious through it all, but Huey star like <laughs> Billy, um, because it was them bonding over a common person that they care about. Um, and that was Huey. Uh, I hope they don't k- kill Huey off. Um, I really love this guy and see it. It's like, I'm going to have to stop watching the boys because the more I watch it, the more I'm kind of like... Ezra doesn't just want to, like, step down and... (laughs) No, every
1: time you mention it, I sit there and say, you're right, Juwan, you're 100% right. He would be a fantastic Grant Gustin. Um, Yeah, I just like Jack Quaid. He's really great in this role of Huey, and I really would love
0: to see him in more. I I do, too, and honestly... I'm not even sure if you're familiar with the character, but he could be like a booster gold uh, old school blue beetle kind of character. Like there's a lot Jack could do. Um, like if they were going for, you know, obviously if Tom Holland wasn't the God of of being Spider-Man and you were going older, Jack would be a great older Peter Parker. Like there's just so much I would love to see this guy do because he has, he has what Tom Holland has, which is rare with people who are supposed to act young without actually being that young, which is the adorability factor to where you kind of just go, that guy's kind of adorable. Like oh, no, Grant, he's, like, so adorable. You're, like, exactly. you, you're adorable. Exactly. Like, Grant has that. Grant is yeah. like, the master of that. He could be 90 <laughs> and, like, I'm going to pinch his cheeks. Like, he's adorable. Um, <laughs> so you kind of look at it and you're, like, he has to fit a character that, that like, has that.
1: And Ezra Miller does not have that. I'm sorry. Not
0: at all. Not at all. His, his flash always confuses me because I'm like, what berry is this? <laughs> like, no. seen, I've seen some weird mixes of berries, but what berry is this? Um, like, he's not even like, like, I know Grant's not really blonde either, but it's like a closer to blonde than Ezra's dark hair. <laughs> so I'm like, they just, Zack Snyder just threw everything out of the window when he cast his guy. As, uh,
1: um, as sir miller's um flash doesn't like to wash his hair let's just like say that but um
0: doesn't like to, wash he, his hair, doesn't like to run in a straight line there's a lot no. of like but
1: that. maybe you could have i know this we're so going off topic but like what if jack quaid like would he be able to play a wally would he be good a good wally
0: west i always prefer like wally to me should always be like dick grayson to bruce i don't really like the idea of them being that close in age um, you know
1: where it is i'm just used to wally from the justice league cartoon right. and in that he's like this big jacked up adult i mean granted he like acts like a younger person but he's like he's huge <laughs>
0: like, only issue with that cartoon is they never explain barry uh, and if they did, I completely forgot. But yeah, I don't think there's, so. There's no Barry in that world, <laughs> so it's like I don't ever like that. Don't ever start off where there's no Barry. But to me and you, we grew up on John Stewart Green Lantern, and um,
1: oh yeah, I didn't
0: even know that there was a
1: Hal Jordan. Right, I was
0: exactly. like, I was like,
1: no, my Green Lantern is John
0: Stewart. Who are you, who are you talking about? <laughs> what Green Lantern are you guys talking about? I don't know John. Um, but, no, so, so back to this. Um, we, we will see a bond between um, Starlight and Billy going forward, I believe. Um, I, I do think they'll have another hiccup of, dis- you know, disagreeing about stuff. But they're, they know that they're, um, what brings them together will always be Huey. That is their centerpiece. Yes. Um, so, hopefully, Huey gets better soon, mainly because we have to remember this, to you. It doesn't matter what state. They're wanting Mm -hmm. Um, so you being in a hospital, I'm pretty sure at some point, someone's going to go, aren't you the guy that saw the news? Even though Voight technically already knows like, oh, they're alive. I know where they're at. I saw them. I let them go. Um, but that probably won't stop a cop from kind of going, I know you, I'm going to arrest you. Um, so we'll see how that all plays out and we'll see how they're able to reconnect up with Frenchie and the gang. Um, because that's definitely going to be something to look at. Um, all right. I want to get a few more things out of here. We're almost done. Um, Stormfront does return. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I skipped over some. I apologize. Homelander, in the ultimate uh, jealousy, burns down his trailer. Um, <laughs> because Stormfront was not back in enough time, or was not back in the time that she had promised to be. Um, so he burns down his trailer and the flowers that he got her. Um, but he also finds out that Stormfront lied to him about where she was going. Tia, um, so yeah, what were your thoughts on that scene?
1: Oh, geez. As soon as I... <laughs> I'm telling you, when you saw the sequence, right, like, of him staring at the flowers, and then you see just all of this, like, aftermath, I was like, really, Homelander? You were a giant child. Um, that's all I thought. I was like... This is him throwing a tantrum, right? Like this is him just throwing a complete tantrum because he thought this, this, and that and I don't know. The, that scene to me, I just kinda like, I don't know why I just rolled my eyes. I was like, I can't. I can't.
0: <laughs> no, I'm I'm completely with you. It was the epitome of annoying. Like, really, dude, really? He's at 15 minutes. Like, even someone that flies at complete speed as you guys. Like all right, you know, got a little busy. You know, it went from 15 minutes to what an hour. I was back in an hour. Like, relax, man. You got me flowers. You know, like, I can get those at any time. Just calm it down. Um, he's very much a big baby, a hundred percent. But um, I no, did... he's just sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead.
1: No, I just uh, when he did, t- I I. Felt like when he was staring at the roses that he may laser them or throw them off in a fit of rage. Because you could definitely see that he, Homelander is one of those people that, and I think we've talked about this before, that he is very selfish, obviously, and he needs his needs tended to over anything else. Like you should not have anything in your life that is more important than Homelander. That is how he feels.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. And that is very toxic. Um, But we also see a very emotional moment between, well, not emotional necessarily, but uh, a moment between Stormfront and Homelander where Homelander expressed he didn't appreciate being lied to. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we kind of see it in there. Um, But going forward, biggest thing to you, I think, of the whole episode was we find out what the evidence was that Maeve got. And yes. it's the footage from what we thought we were past. Oh, God, so traumatizing. Crash. So walk us through it, Tia. Walk us through Maeve finding out, um, I mean, us finding out the evidence that Maeve got.
1: Didn't we talk about last episode, not last episode, our last episode, I guess, of the plane scene and how we can't you know even think about talk about see it we're past it, blah, blah. and then what do they do in the very next episode they show clips of it i was like no no god you you're making me watch this again again um maybe i wasn't like i don't know if i had it focused at that point i didn't realize that what maeve was asking the deep to get was the black box from the plane um I I guess I just didn't put two and two together so when Elena pulled that out at first I was very confused I was like how did she get that um and then it then it made sense it clicked a little which um I'm wondering I guess the reason why Maeve wanted that is because it is her evidence against Homelander but I mean, that's intense. That's intense for Elena to find out. Um, and then Maeve to, I mean, I'm sure he she thinks about it a lot, the fact that she even uh, told The Deep to go get it. But I think seeing that through someone else's eyes, someone that she appreciates, you know, uh, had to have felt like shit. Because, you know, to Maeve, she was helpless. Because Homelander... It, we've talked about how strong he is and all that, but, you know, to the civilian, it's like, Maeve, you're a superhero, you're strong, like, why couldn't you do anything, and I think that Mave is going to have to deal with that, and that was very emotional, and I don't, They ne- they never went anywhere with this, right, where it ended off and I saw a gif of it just now where Elena was looking at Maeve and Maeve goes, why are you looking at me like that? And that's how the scene ended. So I'm like, where's this going?
0: I think it's probably going with uh, Elena probably revealing this a lot sooner than Maeve wanted her to. Um, Or (laughs) Elena kind of going, there is no future for us. Like, You just sat idly by like hundreds of people on that plane died. Um, You know It was even
1: more traumatizing Because we see That footage from The perspective of one of the passengers Saying like I love you To his family and stuff like that I'm like oh god god Why (laughs) I don't need to relive this
0: (laughs) But I I will say I did Like that because I I did think Watching that episode or that uh, Scene last season I did think to myself you're not going to tell me in this media age that we're in, nobody got a video or a text or something out to somebody, um, you know. So I'm like, something somewhere has been floating around uh, of some kind of footage. So it was good to see that uh, there was some kind of footage that that still got out. Um, and we'll see how Mave is able to weaponize it. Um, it's gonna be tough because I mean, Vault finds a way to get through a lot um homelander killed an innocent and like it kind of seems like the people just kind of got over it
1: uh, well it could be one of those things where you know mave puts it out because didn't she say like oh well give it to cnn or something right and it could be one of those things where she puts out this cnn to blast homelander and Vaught turns around on Maeve, like well why do not you do anything
0: yeah that'll be the question because she's in the video and, yeah. and, you know, it didn't seem like she was saving people either. Um, we know the real situation, but... Right. We know how that media well, has been. Well, because we
1: talked about it, you know. I mean, if Maeve could fly, it would have been a different situation. But the fact that Maeve can't fly, I think that's, you know, that was her disadvantage. Um, that's why she couldn't fight Homelander Because Homelander could have just, uh, you know gotten off the plane and left Maeve there and Maeve could have very well died I mean I know she's super strong but she very well could have died as well she would be trapped on that plane just as much as anyone else
0: yeah and that was her fear her fear was do I let them die or do I die yeah um and she ultimately made a decision I gotta honestly tell you a lot of people probably would make themselves Oh, yeah, I'm
1: sure so many people would try and be virtuous and say, no, I would have done. you you would have saved yourself. Be honest. yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, I always say no one knows. Um, so it's best to just kind of hope you never end that situation, but no one knows. Um, you know, like no, no one really knows. like if someone started shooting, like would you grab you know would you grab your you know your parent or your significant other or your sister or your brother? um everyone will probably go of course i would um but then if i you know someone just randomly started shooting they'd be the first one running out like oh, free. oh I forgot it's, them. <laughs> it's, it's
1: really funny you say that really quick i know this is so off topic this sounds so strange there was a shooting literally outside of my apartment building last night well not last night God. yesterday um and there was footage of where you know police officers tackled the guy and there was some like civilians who stepped in as well and i was talking to my grandma and she was saying oh yeah did you see like civilians also stepped in i'm like yeah i'm like that couldn't be me like i see all the time videos where civilians also are like jump to the occasion and be like
0: man i'm running (laughs) and to me honestly there's nothing wrong with that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that um because it's like you know the thing is it's not just heroic because you decide to, to shield um, somebody. Like, it doesn't make me a coward that I – that wasn't my first instinct. Um, you know, like, someone's shooting. My first instinct is to run. Um, if, you're, if your instinct is to shield somebody, by all means, like, that's amazing. That is truly amazing. Uh, kudos to you. But I don't know. My first instinct is always to run. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> when bullets are flying, I am a hundred percent
1: running. When it comes to fight, when it comes to uh, fighter flight, I'm definitely
0: doing flight. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But I, I, I'll say this to you: I think you'll find more people that will run than you will that will will stand and try to do something. And that's why the people that do try to do something are um are so rare and should be celebrated. But I don't think it should be a situation of making it seem like I'm lesser than because I ran. Like someone was shooting. <laughs> like <laughs> That's what I should do is try to run away. Like I shouldn't go, oh man, how many people can I save? Like, no, like I I would really like to not die today. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I look at Maeve and I kind of go, I don't think she's a coward for. No, not at all. If Because picture this, Maeve's like, I can't fly, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, all right. I can't jump across a body of water with like 80 people on my back. So it's 80 people die or 81 people die. I'd rather the 80 people die. And it's kind well, of- because, Okay, Maeve. I mean, at least in this point
1: now, it gives... Say, hypothetically, Maeve decided to stay on that plane and she died. Then there is no one literally to hold Homelander accountable at least you have Maeve there to hold him accountable for this.
0: Yep. I completely agree with you. All right. Let's knock out our our last two topics. Um, One being the understanding that we see or the bond rather that we see build up from Stormfront and Homelander about Stormfront's history. Uh, How did you feel learning a little bit more about Stormfront right there too?
1: um first of all i had to say are we at some point going to talk about the deep and a train because i do think that's Dude,
0: work okay. sorry uh, i'm like i checked off everything that we talked about because we had like such a good flow i, I know completely, i completely <laughs> i have it right here i'm sorry um, no
1: that's okay we already are on the homelander and stormfront thing we can right revisit yeah
0: we'll yeah. Do that right after this.
1: so i thought it was crazy right we already knew that stormfront was older um, because she was revealed to be Liberty some 30-something years ago. And obviously that actress doesn't look like she would be that old. So we already knew that. But the big reveal of that she was born in 1919, that she was the first successful person to get Compound V, and sorry, that, um, you know, she... God... It was so crazy. I felt on the edge of my seat when she's showing Homeland. First, she showed Homelander the picture of her daughter, right? When Homelander's like, oh, was this your grandma? She's like, my daughter. I'm like, that's interesting, right? Um, I, I did think that was interesting, that little thing. But when she's showing him pictures, and it's like... I forgot the first person that... Homelander uh, mentioned but then she said Goebbels who was a very high ranking person within the third reich for anyone who knows their world war ii history Um, and so then when she said um, you know and there's me with the most important person there i really thought that she meant hitler which I know sounds so bad. Please yeah. don't uh, but, you know, g- given the context of the fact that she was literally hanging out with the Third Reich, I was like, Geez, is she going to say Hitler? I really expected to see a picture of Hitler. And then it's like, oh, boy. and then you're like, Oh my god, Vaught was a Nazi, and he just made Compound V to make super soldiers to in his war path against the rest of the world. That's what um that's what Stormfront is telling Homelander. You are everything that we wanted. First of all, he's a blonde dude, right? A blonde white dude, so physically. Uh, everything that the Aryan race had wanted and she's saying he's strong and he could be the leader of like she's strong too but she needs him so that they could essentially complete the mission that Vaught wanted to start um all those years ago and Juwan I told you this when we were messaging each other I know this sounds wrong uh I hope anyone listening doesn't take this the wrong way I'm just saying when you have a character like Stormfront it's like I really wanted to see her stick the landing. I was like, is she going to do the Nazi salute right now? Like, that would just have carried so much weight and just been so powerful. Like, just be like, they, we know like the comic book character is a Nazi, right? And then she has pictures of her with members from the Third Reich. Just come out and say, it. like, let's not tiptoe. Let her just be, we already know she's evil. Just let her be like a card carrying Nazi. I don't know. I really thought they were going to do it. I was like, that would have been crazy. But tell me your thoughts on that, John. Um, this
0: show is very uncomfortable. Uh, but <laughs> um, it, it it definitely had first Avenger vibes. Uh, yes. You know, in, in typical America, they took the weapon and they said instead of killing the you know the project and stopping it. Um, They said, nah, you know, how can we create these for ourselves and have a couple of weapons in case we need them?
1: Well, uh, not for nothing. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't mean to no,
0: interrupt.
1: Hey. But not for nothing, I mean, that's what we did. <laughs> World War II ended, and we brought those scientists in, and we put them into work for us. We were like, well, shit, we want what they got, you know, just you know, not with the killings or anything. So... <laughs> Um <laughs> I I when I say this and I'm like laughing and everything like it is uncomfortable. It is so uncomfortable, right? Um but I like that she's the enemy because it's like you live vicariously right through these characters you know we're not in world war ii anymore we can't go and actually punch some nazis we're not captain america so it's like you live vicariously through these characters where you're like i want to bring this character Stormfront down because it's so symbolic of what america is dealing with even to this day
0: yeah no and it also shined the light on um, we, do, we now know there are limits uh, or there are no limits or maybe there are, I don't know how I'm trying to <laughs> it. but um, we thought he was the ultimate American and for him to look the enemy or the enemy for you know, for the longest time in the eyes and kind of just go eh, that doesn't really bother me um, yeah. I mean Captain America, can you picture if Captain America was like, you know what Peggy you know, you work for the enemy, but I just really love you. Like, I don't really care. Like, no, we wouldn't have accepted that. We would have been like, um, no, you got to take Peggy down, like right now, Cap. Um, but for Homelander, you kind of just like, no, I don't mind. It's, it's, it's okay. It's cool. Um, so, you know, to me, I thought it was like very telling, but Again, we know that that's Homelander's weakness. Love. There's a lot he would do for love, and a lot. Well, of
1: I think talking about Homelander, say versus Captain America. Captain America represents the America of you know, send me your what's what's the thing? Send me your your poor, your downtrodden, like you know, the real like heart of say like what America is supposed to be. Whereas Homelander represents the certain people down in the south who are like you know wanting to keep it a certain sort of way you know um so i think that's what homelander represents so his uh ideology is very much aligned with Stormfront.
0: and i will say i'm paraphrasing here i don't remember the exact line but when she said the races are you know, pretty much, like, getting in our way. I was just like, yeah. oh, you are doubling down on this right <laughs> now. She's like, oh, a...
1: DeLon, she- you are gonna have to... She is a Nazi. They don't like anyone who isn't them.
0: <laughs> I was like, oh, yikes. Okay, alright. Doubling down on that. But um- It'll be
1: really satisfying when she gets taken down. Don't worry.
0: Oh. And could you picture if it was by Uh (laughs) A-Train? I
1: mean, there has to be something going on with A-Train, you know? I mean, especially, and I don't know if you want to go into it. This is kind of going back a little. But um, the deep bringing him into the Church of the Collective. um, Certainly, I think that they're gearing up with something with A-Train.
0: I'd even go as far as to say to you, I believe the collective is building their own super group.
1: Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. Um, because that guy who was speaking in between the deep and a train really seemed very interested in that all happening. Right. Um, that to me was a very interesting scene. Um, first of all, I think that there was a moment there where they were supposed to air out their dirty laundry, essentially. And the deep kind of saying something like how he disliked a train for a while. I think he said, I, w- I thought about drowning you or something like that. And yep. a <laughs> train is like, man, man, screw this shit. But <laughs> um, I-, I think then both of them are, I, no, this is what it was. A train I think, started listening when he was told. Like, he's not just getting replaced in the Seven. They're going to give his uniform away, and they're going to give his name away. He's no longer going to be A-Train. There's going to be a new A-Train. I think that, like, really pissed him off.
0: I agree. I do believe that the Collective's purpose is to take those that are um, pushed out of the seven or v- of vault, or whatever. Um, and I think they like to take the ones that actually could sustain um, their power um, and rebuild them and use them for whatever purpose they want to use them for. I do not believe the Church of Collective is a place to trust. I do not think they mean no. it's good for the world. Um, but I tell you this. I remember telling you last week or the week before, like next season can be the seven versus the boys again. Like you got to switch it up. A way to switch it up is a new, uh, a new uh, seven versus the church of collective versus the boys. I'd be fine with that. Cause at least you're getting somewhat superpowers for superpowers. Um, Maybe not as strong, you know, who knows? We'll see. But that brings me to our last topic. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is Cindy's on the loose, yeah. Cindy's on the loose, which makes her a free agent. Um, and will she ultimately because she won't want to go back to Vault, uh, vault um, because she knows that's who prison uh, imprisoned her. Um, so I think in her mindset, it's um, anywhere else but here. So if you're the boys, is that where she lands up? If you're uh, the collective, is that where she ends up? What do you think is next for her?
1: I don't know. Um, no, I. what I was thinking about is that I can't see... Obviously, I can't see her going to vault. I had a thought in my mind that either later this season, even though there's only two episodes left, or the third season, we are going to see a shift of, I don't think that these characters are going to be costume-wearing uh, characters anymore they're going to be kind of normal characters who just have powers, right? I certainly can't see Cindy wearing a costume or dressing up like the Deep. You're going to have characters who are trying to hold on to that old mentality like the Deep or maybe even A-Train because they're still thinking about the Seven. It's like, I don't think there's going to be a Seven um, at the end of all of this. And with Cindy, she may it would be cool if she could team up with the boys, right? Cause as you said, it can't be the seven versus the boys. They have no powers. Um, but if you bring on, say you have Kamiko, you have starlight, um, maybe they have lamplighter on their side. And if you have Cindy, that's, that's a good team. That's a good team there. Um, I don't know how many of them are as strong as, say, Homelander and Stormfront, but you throw Queen Maeve into that as well. That's a pretty good team there.
0: Well, I tell you what, Cindy was hit by that lightning that would have killed anybody else, and we see that it didn't affect her much. At the end of the episode, she's she's um <laughs> pulling her best Bruce Wayne, uh, not Bruce Wayne. Um, uh, shoot, um, Bruce Banner. From the original Hulk um, live action show Where it was like I think every intro was him hitchhiking yeah. uh, She <laughs> she was able to, to, to capture that um, I don't know I don't know what the future for her is I really hope that the future for her is Taking on Stormfront and Homelander Because uh, I think she's best equipped to do so um, Obviously I don't think she's going to kill anyone I think she might end up dead herself But I love this character. I hope we get to see a lot more uh, of this character. Um, but this was see a, a phenomenal.
1: Episode. Mm-hmm.
0: It really was.
1: It was so good. Um, it just had so much to me. As I said, it had so much emotions, and I, I. L- The episode did a great job in still having all that jam-packed action, so much going on, but also taking a moment to address, like, everyone is tired, everyone's dealing with some shit, and they took a moment to really address that, and I appreciate it. It's crazy. I think everyone, Joanne, is rounding up their troops, right? Stormfront has rounded up hers, the boys are rounding up theirs, Uh, Maeve is rounding up hers the collective is rounding up theirs I really think that the guy who is that guy from the collective uh, the church of the collective he may play a very big part maybe not in the rest of this season but maybe next season Um, have the two bureaucrats him and Stan go up against each other
0: I would love that I I always love the premise of a new guy in town
1: yeah um yeah
0: he could be the new guy in town and i would love that like a rival company to vault
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, that isn't interested in the the social media antics isn't interested in the popularity they're here to uh you know keep everything safe um and that's you know that's what they lead with um there's a lot you can play around with when it comes to this collective group uh and I like that I don't know much about them. Um, like I said, I haven't read the comics. I'm not familiar with it. I don't want to read it. I want this show to be my introduction to everything. Um, so you know, by season ten, when they're done, and, and you know that's the last season, I can then <laughs> go. Well, this is what they did. Now let me go see what the comics did, and then I can compare it that way. But I always hate reading comics first because it always sets up expectations that they just realistically can't can't hit um like the umbrella academy i mean the umbrella academy people tell me is somewhat different than what the comics were doing um hell harry potter was different from what the book was doing um so sometimes it's just really hard to bring that to the big screen um so i like them kind of setting the tone on this is what we are this is what we're doing um but i love this episode i love doing this review with you tia we did a great job on time by the way oh yeah (laughs) on the back because me and you could talk for hours
1: I could talk for hours I was just like sitting there going oh what else can we uh blab about
0: (laughs) but we did a great job Tia is there any interviews uh or anything that you guys have uh knocked out recently that you want to plug
1: Oh yeah. I mean, well, you know, you guys know Dom, Dom, Dom. He is amazing. He interviewed someone in his sleep because that's how amazing he is. So please make sh- and. Uh, our boy, Marty, also has a couple of interviews as well. Please make sure that you check that out at com. I actually interviewed – it's really cool. I've been talking about this a few times today. I recently interviewed two real-life detectives um, for – the id channel's upcoming joe exotic specials which if you've watched tiger king everyone knows who joe exotic is and i interviewed two lead detectives who are part of those specials and it is just wild the whole thing so please make sure you check that out as well and besides that we got the top 10 coming up um i know the main Damie just celebrated their 100th episode and they are amazing friends of the podcast so make sure you check that out and and yeah, Joan, I mean, it's just, we are, we are all cranking it out. It is great. There is no shortage of content with us.
0: I will say a few months ago when we had no news of anything <laughs> um, and we were still cranking out content, um, we're definitely being rewarded by it now with the abundance of news that we've been, excuse me, that we've been getting lately. So uh, good faith is always rewarded. And again, I want to thank you, Tia, for joining me for this all-new episode of GVN Review. Uh, and here's till next week, where we break down episode seven. So Yes! Then, <laughs> uh, and this time, um, I haven't seen any trail Because remember last time, we did it closer to when the new episode was. So, like, they they dropped, like, the teaser of what the next episode was. Mm-hmm. We did this early. So that won't drop till later on in the week. So, um, you know, as of now, I have no idea what to look forward to for next week, and, and neither do you. And uh, that's the fun of it. Um, but till next week, guys, and next time, peace. See ya.